there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then just, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. I've started recording. Oh, okay, let's go. All right. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Cam. No salty. No salty. That's a shame because he'd love this one. Why? Why would? I don't think he would. But why would? Why do you think he would? He loves a little pandemic chat. I think because you know, whenever they show it on the news, they always display it as like those balls, those floating balls. I think salty could get a lot of. Uh, Material out of you. You know what else looks like balls? <laughs> the word load shitting might come up. Yes. Uh, two words, to be what, more precise. What is he like? Uh, what are we talking about, Cam? Uh, this week we're talking about the origins of the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. More specifically, the, the, Wuhan, link theor- the Wuhan leak theory. But I do have... Three other theories to table later down the track. Well, fantastic. Now you've got a you've been pilled on Wuhan lab leak, right? Yeah, I've been pretty I won't say pro Wuhan lab leak theory, just mostly because I don't there's no reason for me to be like super all in on this any theory really, let alone like one that the World Health Organization's involved in. So like my pilling on this is just being, oh yeah, that that could be true. So, the I'm not going to like get online and just get angry at people and then you know cook my brains on it or anything. The Wuhan lab leak theory has been around like I think almost since the beginning, right? Yep, yep. And because there was a few different uh, options that were being thrown out there at the start, people saying, "All right, this is something that China has deliberately cooked up and released upon us." Uh, on the other hand, you had people saying, all right, this is something that Trump has cooked up and released upon us. And then I think maybe this was supposed to be the more reasonable position. Cause, oh, and then you had like, you know, this is something Bill Gates has cooked up to get 5G chips in your arm. Hmm. And I think the lab leak was supposed to be the reasonable position, which is that uh, these inscrutable Chinamen have, uh, accident- have accidentally released the coronavirus onto the world. I'm just going to stop you there quickly. 
Uh, I don't think the word Chinaman is something we say anymore. Okay. But I, this, this is, was very much tied up in anti-China sentiment. Oh, okay. You, you're putting on the hat of someone that's cooked. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So, you know, these Chinamen, they've been in their lab. They've been cooking up coronaviruses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, they've just fucked it up and someone's caught it and gone home. And they've then they've gone to the market and you know bought a pangolin, mm. and so and they've sneezed on a pangolin, yeah. and and someone else has caught it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, the cynophobia take the cynophobia out of what you just said, uh, but that is all part of it. Yeah, the melange of cynophobia is part of it. The the uh, Bill Gates, all of that, I think, is. Damaged the somewhat reasonable theory as someone got it from the lab. Yes. Well, I think cynophobia sort of infests the entire coronavirus thing. Like even the idea that it, you know, was came from a pangolin at a wet market. Mm. Like we came up with this like this exotic animal, the pangolin, and it was at a wet market, or as we would call it in Australia, a, a market. So there, there is an actual wet market probably 300 metres from my house here in Footscray. Yeah. Um, not the Footscray market, but one with live fish um, swimming around. Uh, it's great. I do my shopping there, not frequently, but if we're buying some, some seafood, that's our first port of call. It's good. DK, live seafood. How exotic. little plug for them. Yeah, that, that's kind of the theory. And because... All of the crazy Donald Trump, Steve Bannon was on this one for a while. Yeah. Um, I think I didn't really go too far into that rabbit hole, but I think he had a super cooked doctor that releasing theories on it. Um, and that's kind of been the problem is you can't, having a, a reasonable discussion about, hey, could this have happened from a lab has been shouted down by the crazy racists and the people wanting to further whatever agenda they have. Yeah, because it's sort of, it was very much in the vein of like uh, the Antifa panic, I felt, where you have this idea in the right-wing imagination that Antifa are like this elite, you know, fighting force that are going to come and, you know, behead small business owners. They're unstoppable, but at the same time, they're these weaklings, you know, come and try and take my guns. You can't, you wouldn't be uh, even be able to lift it. Similarly, you have this, this Chinese lab, which is capable of creating the most dangerous novel coronavirus, but they're also so clumsy that, you know, the, oh, they dropped it on their shirt. Oh, if you look at, um, I did a little bit of searching through uh, Infowars, who are all in on COVID stuff, as we know, and they have so many contradictory takes, even the same hosts, you know, it came out of the Wuhan lab. It doesn't exist. It exists, but it's a cold. Uh, it didn't come out of the Wuhan lab. It was released by the Chinese. You know, none of them gel with one another, but the same host, usually Alex Jones, will just fire them all out in the same breath. Yeah. Um, you know, I just pick a lane, pick one and just stick to it. But I guess if you're talking for four hours a day. you got to fill that time. Sorry? you got to fill the time. You got to fill the time, and also, he's yeah. He just says anything that comes to mind. Um, 
So, do you want to hear what I learned about the uh, the leak? Yeah, go on. Well, a couple of things, and this is probably going to make me sound a little bit conspiratorial, um, but one of the first things when the talk of this being from the lab was released, so there is the, the Wuhan um, Institute of Virology nearby. Yeah. Uh, they were the nearby. One, they're, the, they're the ones that first detected the virus. Yeah, and they also study coronaviruses. Yeah. Um, there's one, and the, the lady that heads it up, uh, she's known as like the bat lady. So she, there's photos of her going into caves and, and digging through uh, bat what, poo. Guano. Guano. Uh, and there's actually a, a, an incident a few years ago where they shoveled a whole bunch of guano out looking for different viruses and a bunch of the, the people doing that got sick and I think some of them died with a virus quite similar to coronavirus. Um, I th- I don't know the the exact you know what's different about it. Um, the things that I read, which were were reasonably credible sources, said that yeah, it was a really similar virus. And then, you know, so that's happening really close to to the wet the wet market or, or ground zero or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then, when this theory started getting posited, the uh, there was an article in the Lancet or an open letter in the Lancet journal signed by a whole bunch of scientists saying, hey, this is really anti-science and you can't, you know, we, we back our back our Chinese brethren and we back the, the lab and we can't, you know, we can't go on like this. This is just so wrong. Um, that letter was actually authored by uh, Peter Daszak, D-A-S-Z-A-K, uh, in, a, in a big part is obviously however many signed it, but him and a bunch of other people from the EcoHealth Alliance, um, there was a quote that came out of a a Freedom of Information Act from one of his emails where he says, uh, please note that the statement will not have the EcoHealth Alliance logo on it and will not be identifiable as coming from any one organization or person. It needs some distance from us and therefore it it would be counterproductive if it had our our logo on it. So Peter Daszak, uh, the Eco and the Eco Health Alliance are—they're uh, an organisation that distributes. It's a non-profit organisation that distributes funds uh, to labs to to research various things. And I think within this world of of coronaviruses or, or human to uh, zoonotic viruses, so human to animal to human viruses. Uh, so they gave the Wuhan lab just a couple of years ago uh, six hundred thousand dollars from the US government. There's kind of a theory is that the US government were also trying to stop the information of them giving this lab money as well in case this did come from the lab. So this this letter that was written into the Lancet was like, hey, maybe we don't need to look into this too much. Signed scientists. Yeah. Not really saying who who was really kind of pushing it to get out there. The Lancet is since uh, the language that I read was recused him from uh, any other writing in the Lancet Journal since. Interesting enough, Peter Daszak, uh, or the, the World Health Organization went and investigated the lab, I think earlier this year. Uh, they spent a couple of hours, only a few hours in the lab. Um, whether or not that was sort of China kind of, you know, shutting up shop and not really, you know, obstructing uh, what they were doing is, is another, I guess, another whole part of the story. But they came back and said, no, there was nothing in the you know, we didn't find any any evidence of wrongdoing. 
uh, one of the one of the people that were on that uh, World Health Organization uh, group that went in there was none, none other than Peter Daszak. Uh, so that's all really shady, and I'm not the only like this. Sounds like I'm being a little bit conspiratorial about this guy, but um, there's an article in the British Medical Journal. Uh, from Paul Thacker, who's a science writer and very, very credentialed, which posits this exact same thing. Uh, he's called it a disinfo campaign. So he's saying that, that they're kind of running interference on on ever getting out of the lab or, you know, even investigating the theory because it makes EcoHealth Alliance and, and the American government potentially look really bad for funding it. And it's going to look terrible to their constituents in America of, the American government's behind this kind of a thing. I mean, I guess it, that that can all just be politics, though. Absolutely, can be politics. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's politics that that is potentially obscuring trying to work out what happened. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way of looking at. It. I think you can look at it another way and say that what well, basically the last thing you said, which is that. We want we want to like defend our fellow scientists, and also it's a very small world of zoonotic virus research, mm. so there is going to be a lot of overlap. But yeah, maybe they don't want it out there that uh oh the U.S. government was funding the lab that has given us the coronavirus, if that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, and lab leaks aren't uncommon. Mm. Uh, there was a foot and mouth, and there's, you know, there's been hundreds over the years. Uh, there was a one interesting one was a foot and mouth one in 2007 in the UK. It wasn't the big foot and mouth issue, but it was a it was certainly still an issue. Um, and that got out of the lab. This was fascinating. It they traced it back to a um, it was a drain pipe where heavy the virus was in the drain pipe, and heavy rains washed it from the drain out into the open where truck tires picked it up and then it spread into farms from there. That's like such a British way for a lab leak to happen. <laughs> like a dodgy drain pipe got the virus onto onto a lorry. Yeah. Oh, we're in the mud. Oh, it's a bit muddy here. Um, I, I did also see that I, I think it was like, must have been in the late 80s, there was a lab leak in, uh, in Russia or the USSR where I think they gave a bunch of soldiers a virus when they were trying to vaccinate against it, but like they just, I think they just loaded the virus into the needles. <laughs> okay. It's like, that's the the one thing we didn't want to happen. There, there have been a few others in, in Russia as well. Um, there was an anthrax outbreak in Russia where they were like, Oh, it's just, it's just natural. It's just the cows in this neighborhood have anthrax heaps. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then like satellite pictures sort of, found that there was actually a whole lot of other things going on. Um, but there, even in, you know, labs that, that you would assume you can trust, these are these are happening. Um, you know, because they're, they're, these viruses, by nature, escape labs. One of the, I guess, the contentious thing um, that keeps on coming up is gain-of-function testing. Do you know what this is, Cam? I know what it is, but not, not, I'm going to let you explain <laughs> <laughs> good, oh. good. I'm I'm equipped for this. <laughs> um, basically, it is passing the virus through animals, which I think they use ferrets or stoats. Stoats, I think. 
um, to to increase its uh, increase its potency in order to work out how to fight it better. So it, that's to, to see how it mutates as well. Yeah, yeah. So the, and that's what they're doing, and just to, to speed it up. Basically, uh, for people that are here from the beer podcast, if uh, a brewery makes a beer and they keep it in a warm place over a couple of weeks to see how it changes so they can see how it goes long-term in market. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, and the gain-of-function testing was something that's quite controversial. Barack Obama, um, I think he made it illegal in the US and then Donald Trump came in and rescinded it. little yeah. sus. Yeah, apparently. He's a little sussy backer, isn't he, that Donald Trump? He is. As the kids say. <laughs> Yeah, and th- there was kind of some reports that suggested no one ever really stopped doing it anyway. It's just yeah. kind of what you had to do. Um, but it's certainly something that happened at the the Wuhan lab as well. And I think Peter Daszak is, is a name that is kind of associated. I think the funding from Eco Health Alliance goes towards a lot of that um, as part of just the things that they fund. Uh, yeah, so la- things things get out of labs pretty quickly. Well, not quickly, but it just it happens. It happens. Yeah, sometimes. So one of the things that gets held up with the Wuhan Institute of Virology is that, uh, like in 2019, they had a few people off sick. Yep. Uh, I think now, like, so. Three people went to hospital with f- flu-like symptoms. Yes. Now it was during flu season. Hmm. And it was also the fact that they were hospitalized is sort of held up as like proof that maybe this was a bit more serious than just a flu. But the thing is that in China, you don't go to the GP, you go, you go to the hospital to, yeah. get, to get your, you know, your medical certificate or whatever. Uh, I kind of looked into that a little bit and I couldn't actually find any evidence that they were hospitalized or anything. Either. Like, I couldn't even find any evidence that that actually happened or anyone talking about it other than throwaway lines and articles. Yeah. I also think if three people from the Wuhan Institute of Virology had caught a virus and then it would, and it was like a novel coronavirus that they'd been mucking around with, they wouldn't have gone to the hospital. They would have gone to a ditch, right? <laughs> well, I, this is an interesting one, Cam, because... Do you want to hear some uh, Chinese, for lack of a better term, direct propaganda about this? Yeah, go on. Um, can I posit another theory onto the table quickly? Yeah, go on. Um, so it didn't. It leaked from a lab, mm. but it didn't leak from a lab in Wuhan. It leaked from a lab in America. Yep, Fort Detrick. Fort Derrick, isn't it? Fort, oh, yeah, Fort Derrick. What are those? Fort Derrick. <laughs> some fort. Which I've heard off and on over the time. Dietrich. It's Dietrich, I think. Oh, it's a Dietrich. Sorry. Maybe but I typed it's, it in. It's like D-E-T-R-I-C-K. It's not like, okay. it's not like the German cousin for Dietrich. Dietrich. Um, which is a lab that is, I think, uh, it's does similar testing on, on different viruses. Mm. Um, this is from the globaltimes.cn, globaltimes.cn, which is described as a nationalist communist newspaper out of China. Um, but, there was, you know, the reporting is hard to argue when they, in this article, they said that the um, the 
lab was shut, temporarily shut down in 2019 uh, after there were some wastewater issues um, or ongoing infrastructure issues with wastewater decontamin- decontamination. A Bulgarian journalist uh, published an article about it um, that said residents that live nearby the labs complained of headaches, nausea, blood pressure, and also said there was thick black smoke coming from the lab. I don't really buy that. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you read that about a Chinese lab, you'd probably go, oh, yeah, that's that's probably what they're up to. So, you know, reading it, if you're in China reading it, you go, oh, yeah, those Americans, they're pretty sus. Yeah. This article also says the terrible safety records of American biological labs around the around the world shows the possibility of a virus escaping from an American lab, um, which again, America has a lot of international biological labs. Uh, a lot of them are pretty shady. They all kind of opened up after September 11, and there's suggestion that they're doing research that you can't do under law in America. So they're doing them in Georgia and. Uh, other other countries. Six months before this all happened in July 2019, uh, there's some health citations from the CDC. Uh, one inspector entered a room multiple times without the required respiratory production, while other people in that room were performing procedures with non-human primate on a necrop- ne- necropsy table. Necro- a dead primate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while this is so far away from Wuhan where we kind of say that this, we know that this all started, and uh, late 2019, October 2019, the 2019 Military World Games featuring people from Fort Detrick uh, happened in Wuhan. There you go. Uh, the one comment from this article is, um, this is coming back to what you're saying about people in China going to hospital and you, you suggested they'd be killed off. Um, whereas this article, the Chinese, uh, the Global Times says, China's public health system is very sensitive, especially after the SARS outbreak in 2003. Uh, but this is not always the case abroad, especially when the population density is low and the virus does not spread so fast. The novel coronavirus was first discovered by three Chinese companies at the same time. It is very simple to, to detect these things and China has lots of third-party companies with strong medical detection ability. The implication there is uh, if it happened in China, it would be picked up pretty quickly, whereas if it happened in the US, yeah. they're not really used to it. And these country bumpkins, they don't know what they're doing. Yep. And like, you know, that isn't that isn't a stretch to say that in the sense of, you know, the, one of the reasons they say we people are saying that a lot of Asian countries have handled this better is because of SARS outbreaks, and they're more prepared for it, whereas Western countries aren't. Uh, so you know, yeah. What? Well, because <laughs> part of that is that they, uh, you know, mask discipline was not a, an issue. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, in the West, for whatever reason. Uh, People were saying, oh, masks don't work <laughs> for yeah, quite a long yeah. time. Until, yeah. weirdly, until we had enough masks to go around and then the story changed. Um, yeah. So that's, I guess that's kind of the the summary, the, the whole theory or the lab leak theories in a nutshell. Mm. Um, the, that lab has, again, also been sort of criticised for its... Um, 
lacks, this is back to Wuhan, for its lax culture, um, there have been kind of some articles implying, uh, I think pre this, that, that that was, you know, there was a risk there, being studying these kind of viruses in such a densely populated area. I did, but on the other hand, I've seen that I think it was an Australian scientist who worked there. Yes, who said no? It was it was like a cl- standard lab <laughs> that was doing things properly. Yeah, this is uh, Danielle Anderson. Uh, there was a story in Age in Sydney Morning Herald. Um, she just said it was a regular lab that worked the same way as any other high contamination lab. So she was working there. Uh, I think all of 2019. She says, uh, she even said they have a bespoke method to make and monitor its disinfectants, um, a system that she was inspired to introduce in her own lab. Uh, And she was connected via a headset to colleagues in the lab's command centre to enable constant communication and safety vigilance steps designed to ensure nothing went awry. Uh, yeah, so she, she it was quite a, an interesting article where, yeah, she just said it was as good, if not better, than any lab around the world. So the other, I guess, all of this is just speculation about yes. how this lab is run. There is also a bit of, like, science theorising going on as well. Mm. So some scientists have looked at the way that the virus is made up and have come to the conclusion that it could only be man-made. Hmm. So there's like a, I think there's one thing, there's a bunch of proteins. There's there's four of the same protein lined up in a row. They say that couldn't happen naturally. Uh, there's like some other enzyme that they reckon could, couldn't happen like naturally. Hmm. And there's a, another virus called, I think it's called RATG13. Yeah, that uh, this virus is just like suspiciously close to, and that yeah, RATG thirteen was the one that the the people digging out the poop got. Yeah, um, and then there was the, the kind of I think it, this was originally called something similar, or there is an implication that they changed the name to COVID nineteen or SARS CoV nineteen to distance itself from that particular one. So. I've read a few things debunking all of that stuff. Like basically the scientific consensus is that it is a zoonotic virus. Like the the stuff about the the in the proteins like line, the four proteins that are lining up where they say, you know, that's incredibly rare is actually incredibly common. Mm. Something like 30% of like all of the little bits in your body whatever they're called, <laughs> they have, like, the exact same makeup. There's some other thing where they say, oh, you know, this couldn't happen by accident. It's like, no, that happens all the time. Mm. And the RATG13 is, like, actually quite different from the COVID-19 virus. It's, like, 50 years of evolution <laughs> apart, yep. basically. Uh, but it would have had to have happened in eight years. So it could have been done with what we were talking about before yeah that thing do you remember what it's called <laughs> hang on which one thing in particular the the one where they uh just they run through a bunch of stoats oh um gain of function they could have gained a functioned it but it would have just been like a huge number of animals they would have been going through to the extent that someone would have noticed they would have said all oh, who why are you putting in such large orders for stoats 
But that's the whole point of gain of function research, isn't it? Like you, you wouldn't go, oh, I guess if people, if scientists are saying that, then yeah, yeah, it would have been quite like it would have been a zoo because they. I think the idea is also that they're not just doing it with stoats; they do it with these other animals as well. If only they had a large live animal market nearby. Yeah, <laughs> where people probably wouldn't ask as many questions. But I think what they're saying is that. It would have required so many animals that people at the market would have been like, why are we always sold out of raccoon dogs? Which is the other animal that they think might be part of the zoonotic transmission. Right. The poor old pangolin has been wrongfully accused. Didn't pangolin get ruled out pretty early? I think the thing, the tricky thing about all of this is they still, I don't think, really know how it is transmitted or where it started because hmm. I think they reckon it's happened in the in the same caves where they found every other virus yeah but like how it has gotten from there to Wuhan they don't know and that's possibly partly because it's gotten started in these caves it's gotten to some other animal it's gotten to a person and then it's just very slowly made its way to this urban center and it, yeah. it could have been in a lot of places before the handy coronavirus research place picked up on it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just remembered, Cam, before we go on, uh, a couple of other cases of lab leaks. Mm-hmm. Um, one was in the US again. The US is, you know, a little bit sus when it comes to handling these sorts of things. Um, they just found a, a box of smallpox, like buried in the back after like 20 years that they yep. had forgotten about. Uh, another one in Beijing where SARS got out after they basically didn't have enough room for the, to store the virus and they just put it in like uh, somewhere in a, um, it had been moved to a refrigerator in a corridor uh, and then got out. Don't put it in the, don't put it in the corridor fridge. Or don't forget your box of smallpox that you're storing. No. Anyway, so yeah, basically because of the like the science stuff, I I'm I'm not sold on the lab leak. Yeah. I I mean I, I I'm not sold on it as such. I'm. I just think you know there are a lot of, and I'm I'm not the only one. Um, you know there are credible scientists and credible people that, that do this for a living that agree that, you know, not not entertaining or not investigating it uh, is probably, well, not even questioning the nature of labs around the world, um, you know. Yeah, well, the, all, the, all of these labs could stand to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, tighten it up, labs. Um, do you want to hear about this lab in Canada that I uh, should tighten it up too? Yeah, go on. Some social media users have alleged that coronavirus disease in 2019 was stolen from a Canadian virus research lab by Chinese scientists. Um, The Mounties got involved uh, and revoked the the Chinese researchers' security access. Uh, They described it as an administrative manner and there was no risk to to the Canadian public. Uh, They, responding to the conspiracy theories, the CBC stated that never claimed the two scientists were spies or that they had bought any version of a coronavirus to the lab in Wuhan. So it was the Canadians that made the bloody virus. The current location of the researchers 
under investigation by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has not been released. Do you think it's funny that the just the regular can, like the overall body of Canadian police are, are still Mounties? Yes, that always abuses me. Yeah, and I look. Hey, shout out to everyone in Canada because it's not a great time over there with both coronavirus and bushfires, but it is still pretty funny that. Yeah, yeah well, they're, they're all Mounties. Maybe they could crack this case if they're a little close to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. This, the tight alleyways in Wuhan are not suitable for riding your horse when you're chasing the spies. No. Although, there's a movie. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, yep. What's that movie with, is it Jean-Claude Van Damme and... Um, Who's the awful guy? Rob Schneider. <laughs> Where they have a super racist tuk-tuk race. And there's counterfeit genes involved. I am not familiar with this film, but I uh, I don't know. Because you described it as super racist, I can't exactly say that I want to watch this movie, but I need to see this movie. <laughs> uh, it's called Knock Off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So bad. Uh, knockoff is Paulie Shaw and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Russian agents searching for something underwater find a crate as Hong Kong police close in. They accidentally open the crate and baby dolls float to the surface before being detonated. Bloody blah, blah, blah. I think this is all about knockoff genes. And I'm pretty sure there's a scene where they're using the genes to... No, I think that could be an ad. I think that's a TV ad. That's different. Okay. In my mind, this might be a Levi's ad or something where someone's using genes to... Uh, flying fox down like a cable and then they break because they, they don't have good stitching. That was the Simpsons. <laughs> okay. That was the Simpsons counterfeit jeans episode. Which it could be a reference to this movie. Hard to say. So, now that we've addressed the fact that Robbo has been taken in by xenophobic propaganda, mm-hmm. uh, what are some other theories about where the coronavirus comes from? I've only got one other theory. Yeah. I said I had three other theories. One was Fort Detrick. Yeah. One was Canada. Yeah, the most re- likely one. Yeah. All right. Well, the most likely one until? Until we realised that it probably came from space. There was, just in the lead up to COVID-19 breaking out, there was a fireball spotted near Wuhan, a meteor landed, and then suddenly... COVID. He, this has been a theory posited by researchers, notably Edward J. Steele and N. Chandra Wickrasming. Apologies for any pronunciation problems there. Uh, they've published 10 papers on the topic since the, the pandemic began. That's a lot of scientific publication. Yes. Like there's um, something to that. Yeah, if you got them all together in one PDF, it's basically a book. <laughs> yeah. And so what are they suggesting? That it's come on the meteor? Yeah, it's come on the meteor, um, a fragile and loosely held carbonaceous meteorite carrying a cargo of trillions of viruses and other primary source cells. This is a um, this is a theory that is tied into panspermia. Have you heard of panspermia? No. Again, um, this, is, this is something that Salty should be here for. <laughs> uh, the hi- hypothesis that life exists through the universe distribu- distributed by space dust, meteoroids, asteroids, comets, and planetoids, as well as tiny spacecraft carrying unintended contamination. It's just like the dodgy drain 
at the lab yep. in Britain and the truck. Um, that's that theory, but on a cosmic scale. Yes, yeah, space lorries are tracking it about <laughs> through the space mud. Um, this the researchers have acknowledged that the asteroid was two thousand kilometers away from Wuhan. Yep, uh, but they have said a much larger original meteoroid could have easily been fragmenting and dispersing its contents before the ignition of the fireball event. A reasonable assumption is that the fireball, which struck 2,000 kilometres north of Wuhan, may have been part of a wide tube of debris, the bulk of which was deposited in the stratosphere to fall over Wuhan. I don't think that is a reasonable assumption. I know, like, I've made some leaps of assumptions today, which I think are somewhat reasonable. I don't think I've been unreasonable. I'm going to say this one, not reasonable. Mm. Maybe. Well, that's the lab leak. Yeah, we've addressed it. We'll be back very shortly with uh, some more cookness, I think. Yeah, Salty will be back. Uh, I think we're cooking up a good one. All right. return of salt. Thank you to Tammy, our cooked $33 sponsor. Thanks, Tammy. And thank you to all of our other Patreons. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter at Hypothepod. We're on Facebook, all of that gear. Robbo, where can they find you? At aleofatime, aleofatime.com. Or, hey, Cam, you can find me on the couch watching the Olympics at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Cam, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. And, yeah, nah, Passeran on 3CR is my podcast slash radio show about the far right. Check it out. Excellent. And we're about to hit up some news. So if you're a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash hypothepod, you can jump over there and join us for some news. See you later. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you